I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 8, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What a wild day it was. On the face of it, just looking at the chart, it really wasn't that wild of a day. But you have to go back to what happened after the market closed yesterday on Tuesday, what the futures did Tuesday evening, and then what happened subsequent to that. It was a wild day, to say the least. In terms of point swings, it was an enormous swing in both directions. Now, that brings me to another point. We're going to begin to see volatility expand in the market. Now, I know the VIX is down. That's not really what I'm discussing. What I'm discussing is, as the market starts to begin the topping process, that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing a beginning of a topping process. Maybe it started a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it started yesterday. Maybe it started three days from now. Either way, we're starting to see the beginning and therefore, and I, by the way, I understand it doesn't look like it. I understand you think I'm nuts. I understand it looks like I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Time is on our side. Price we have, we're waiting for time. When we have the convergence of price and time, we have a winner. Way more often than not. Those of you that have been around a while know what I'm talking about. If I say we're looking for a top, I'm pretty darn sure we're going to see a decent decline following the top. Same thing goes on the other side. If we're looking for a bottom, we're looking for a bottom. I know my numbers. Speaking of which, let's peel back the onion a little bit. Let's take a look at exactly what happened last night, which will bring us into today, which will bring us into the future. We have to look back to look forward. Let's go to a futures chart, start with a 15-minute chart, just to get the flavor of what happened. We're looking on the right side, we're looking at today's activity, meaning the actual regular trading sessions activity, which started at 9.30 right over here. Now... What happened leading up to that? You can see the market was basically consolidating, chopping back and forth in a chop shop formation, going sideways, building energy in a bull flaggish formation to do what? To move higher. What was it doing right around or underneath? 32.43. We'll remember that number from yesterday. Inside the numbers members are very familiar with that number. Inside the numbers members are also very familiar with another number, 3236. We discussed that one yesterday. I showed it to you from inside the numbers. What's the low in the first candle of the day? 3236. Make a higher low and take off from there. So if you thought 3236 was important, if you believed that it was important, then it was proven once again That number is important. We've been discussing that number for days. We've been discussing that number inside the numbers for days. We're going to leave the 3236 on the board, but we're going to go to a daily chart so we can get the flavor of what happened overnight. So overnight, when we got the news that there was a bombing campaign coming from Iran into Iraq, into U.S. military installations, 
The market fell through the trap door. Where did it go to? 3190 is the green trend line you see. The low happened to be slightly lower than that. The low was 3181, but I want to show you something different. Let's go to an SPY chart. When we look at two numbers that have been on the chart for quite a while, and then we revert back to something we discussed last night. This is important. We can use this type of information, this type of market activity into the future. That's how I get what I get because I've already seen all this stuff happen before. We talked about 319.17 in brief. We talked about the fact that they've tried it a couple of times, not really that close, but they came within a stone's throw. And would it, in terms of be support, the next time around? So what I said was it's not the same trade under normal garden variety market conditions. That breakout area is going to be support. However, the fact that they've basically been trading above it back and forth for a few days it diminishes the importance of that level and we discuss looking lower to the gap 317.32. What happened last night when the market fell through the trap door? It went right to 317.32 making an exact low of 317 and a quarter. How you doing? And if you like apples, it warrants how do you like them apples? In fact, one of the Inside the Numbers members emailed me in the middle of this whole thing and said, I've got a position on, I'm short the market, where would I take some profit? And he just so happened to email me and I saw it within 5 or 10 minutes of this number hitting and my answer to him was right here. I don't remember exactly where it was, but what I do remember is it was somewhere down in this neighborhood and we're somewhere up in this neighborhood now. Did I know that was going to happen? Absolutely not. But what did I know? And here's the method behind the madness. What I knew was we were in and around that gap. Now, to the average Joe, not looking at a continuous contract, just looking at, or a continuous chart, 24-hour chart, to the average Joe, we're nowhere near this gap. This gap never happened. They don't even realize who are they they is just average people. They don't even realize there is a futures market. Nobody even knows a gap is important. It's just technical analysis that a fraction of people pay attention to. Okay, where's the madness part of the method? All right, here's the point. We're going to read it in two ways. I'm going to give you the bull case, I'm going to give you the bear case, and then I'm going to give you the overarching case. The bull case is overnight... The market went down to test a very, very important price area. This would also be, obviously, a breakout area. They snuck it in overnight, so we're going to give it some credence. We're not giving it full credence. But we'll go on with the story. They went down to fill the gap. They recovered right away and went right back where they started from and then had one heck of a bullish day. That's bullish on its face. Think of it as... The market went down, had some kind of a reset, they reset the clock, they reset the tape, and here we are back in the uptrend after having a minor correction. That's bullish in an uptrend. That's important to realize. Focus on the last thing I said. That's important and bullish in an uptrend. That's bullish behavior. That's simply a duck. Can they go higher? Yeah, they already did. They went higher. They made a new high today. 
Not a closing high, but they made a new high in both the SPY, the S&P futures, and the cash index. So across the board, they made a new high. Why do I bring that up? Sometimes a market will not make a new high in one and make a new high in the other. That can be a non-confirmation. So if they made a new high in the SPY, we would say they made a new high. That would be the SPY and the S&P cash index. If they didn't make the same new high in the futures market, that could be a non-confirmation signal, a divergence. That didn't happen. I'm just giving you the information. Write it down on a sticky note. Save it till later. So where does that leave us? It leaves us in an uptrend, in a bullish market. That's it. Nothing changed. What's the bear case of what happened last night? I'm glad you asked. It shows the fragility of the market. The market has a vacuum underneath it. It's looking for an excuse to turn the vacuum on and get sucked in. I'm viewing last night as a taste test. Sure, they went to an important spot. They filled a gap. They turned around, went back in the other way. That's bullish. We talk about that all the time. When they run right away from the gap after filling it, that's bullish. When they hang down around the gap or go below, it's obviously bearish. So what they do? They turn right around in a brief second and went back in the other direction. That's in the bull camp puzzle picture for sure. But there's the third leg of the stool. The overarching thing I discussed before, which is they're running out of time. As crazy as it sounds, as much as it doesn't look like they are, you know what I'm going to say next. Maybe you don't. Maybe some of you have an idea, but here it is. When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's generally wrong. It feels really bullish right now because it is. On its face, the market is bullish. Price is the absolute arbiter, but they're running out of time. There is a top. I can't give you the number. They're at new highs. It would be just a guess. But we will see an intraday reversal. We'll see a big gap down. We'll see a gap in crap. We'll see something of the like. And by the way, this also brings out an interesting point. Again, inside my head, it's a little bit dangerous, but I can't help but think because of that recovery last night, the dip and the recovery, it also supports the case that they're just not ready yet and they're not ready yet. And I'm saying... My time component is really into the week after next. Could it come early? Of course. Could it come last night? I'm just saying that's the actual week. The week starting January 20th. So whatever happens between now and then, I'm keenly interested. I'm also keenly interested to see if we get a turnaround that week, an acceleration that week, some kind of confirmation that week. To me, that's going to be an important week. How about a short hop? How about inside the numbers? We'll take a look at the commentary. First, I want to show you stocks on the move. We had one trade trigger today. It's been slow for stocks on the move getting started in 2020. But when the market is grinding higher, you don't get a lot of stocks making big moves first thing in the morning. That's just the way it works out. But that too will change. Make no bones about it. We'll have plenty of trades. There were over 300 trades from Stocks on the Move alone in 2019. 2020 will be no different. And to answer your question, 78%.
We're going to take a look at the chart of TEN because there's also a lesson to be learned there. I love when I can look at a chart and teach a lesson because I know there are traders that fell into a trap. One trader came to me today with the situation, so I know there's more. So I want to do an analysis of the situation. It's like when a teacher is standing up in front of the room and one student raises his or her hand and has a question and it's a good question. The teacher knows it's likely other students have the same question. Let's hit the commentary. So the pre-market morning notes are here. I'm just going to scroll up and you can see for yourself what was written, what was going on. The market was self-explanatory at the end of the day. We had the numbers, we put the numbers, but when you have a trend day up, there's not a lot you can do about it unless you're already in a position. Early in the morning, before the opening bell, I'm trying to give as much of my thoughts as I can to members from inside the numbers. I know it could be a little daunting in the morning sometime when things are moving around, you're not quite sure which way, you hear different things, you're watching TV, your friend says one thing, another trader says something else, a chat room says something else, the media says one thing that happens to be different than the one thing they said five minutes ago, so it gets very confusing. I'm trying to unconfuse the situation. So you can take a look. Today is one thing, yesterday is another, tomorrow will be something else. You never know what you're going to get in the way of trade opportunities. You never know what you're going to get in the way of the S&P 500 movement. You never know what you're going to get in the way of commentary from inside the numbers. You're always inside my head, so you're going to get whatever I'm thinking at the time. You're going to get what I see. You're going to get what I think. You're going to get whatever I have. And here today is a teachable moment. Had to do with market symmetry. It's something that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader in detail. This was just a sliver that showed up on a chart today. Traders that have taken the course were able to see exactly what I was referring to. I said we were going to take a look at a chart of TEN. And you can see here the entry of 1285 looked pretty wrong and it looked pretty ugly. Let's get a little more detailed and granular and see if that's right or wrong. Here's a one-minute chart so you can see exactly what happened minute by minute. Now, here's the thing. Some of the stocks get a quick bounce, a quick rally, a quick rocket ride off the number. Sometimes they come back to double check. Sometimes they go lower. Sometimes they keep going higher all day long. You never know exactly what you're going to get. Therefore, in the course... I teach traders a certain strategy on how to turn trades like this into risk-free, emotionless trades. And this one would be in terms of the risk-free part. Profit in the pocket, no loss on the trade. Here's the point. When you see a stock come into a price and then all of a sudden it takes off real, real fast, you know A, that price is important, and B, you have to book some profit because you don't know if it's going to last. You don't know if it's going to go up another $3 or it's going to come back down in two minutes and retest $12.85. You really just don't know. What we do know is a large majority of the time, these just keep going north. They just went back to test an important number and then they turn around and they keep going for the majority of the day or at least a lot higher than just a bread box. But that's a majority of the time. That means there's another segment of time where that doesn't happen. That's why you have to book some profit.
Let's talk numbers on this one so you can get a sense for exactly what we're discussing. The stock made a high in this candle of 13.41, 56 cents from the entry on a $13 stock. That's a big move. My math says it's about 4.4% in a minute. That's a gift. They're handing it to you on a silver platter. You have to take the money. Forget about how many shares you had. It works on logic and common sense, not how many shares you have versus how many I had versus how many Tommy John had. The market doesn't know how many shares each individual trader has. It doesn't give a shit. If you have a 1,000 shares, you take 500 off the table at some price. I'm not saying you're going to top ticket every time. I'm saying when you get that kind of a rally, 25, 30 cents, you have to take some off the table. When it comes back down to retest 285, you have a decision to make. Scratch out of the rest or gamble. I scratch out of the rest, I take the money I've got, and I move on to the next trade. That's the way it works. Sometimes it goes back up north, and I miss the second half, and sometimes it goes lower, and I'm thankful that I did. You never know exactly what's going to happen. You treat it as a business. It's mechanical. When you have a process, and you trade by or employ the same process over and over and over again, you don't do the coulda, woulda, shoulda. You do the This is what I do, this is what happened, move on to the next trade. Short hop, Camp IWM, what's going on over here? Well, it's pretty interesting. They filled the gap. What's the gap? Move it over and I will show you. The gap here, 165.78, and today's high happens to be 166.03. Let's take the IWM from a common perspective. What's the first thing or first, second, or third thing that jumps off the page at me when I look at this chart? Well, I'll tell you the first thing is not the gap that was filled today, but the first thing I saw was this. I see a move down and I see the beginning or a formation of a bear wedge-ish type of pattern that generally does that kind of thing. Okay, fair enough. What else do we have? We have some lower highs. So we have a high. We have a lower high, and today we still have yet a lower high. That could change tomorrow, but that's what we have today. It's on the page. It's on the table. It's a puzzle piece. I said it backwards. We're going to go with it. What else do I see? We're riding the 20-period moving average. We're above it. We're below it. We're above it. We're below it. We're above it. We're riding the 20. Net-net, from a long-term perspective, we're in an uptrend. There's technically nothing wrong with the IWM. But you do have a couple of breakdown candles that would have to be eclipsed for this thing to get anywhere. So you can make a bull case. You can make a bear case. It's inconclusive either way. We did have the IWM up today, but not necessarily leading the S&P. It was lagging the S&P nonetheless. Here's a short-term intraday 15-minute chart of the IWM. As soon as this started to happen today, the IWM started taking off to the upside. So traders from inside the numbers were notified. Why were they notified? Because it's a leading indicator. It's telling us, it's the market's way of telling us that other stuff is going to be bullish when the IWM and the transports and the financials are all bullish, all leading to the upside. Everything's going to get pulled up along with it under normal garden variety market conditions. 
So if you go back to the notes or the commentary from inside the numbers, you'll see that was discussed early in the morning. Once traders get in a rhythm with me, you may not understand something that's on the page today, but when you're a member and you see and hear the same things over and over again, and then you see the results, you get in my rhythm. You get to understand where I'm coming from on a regular basis. What's going on down at the transportation department? They screwed up my lower high scenario. So today, they made a higher high than from the other day. They've eclipsed the high over here. That blows the scenario out of the water from where I sit. Doesn't change the big picture. Doesn't change anything. It just makes this chart more of a hot mess. Can we learn anything from the cues today? Absolutely not. It's just in an uptrend. It continues in an uptrend, which is why each and every night we just say, nothing to see here, move it along. Continues to grind higher, pulled up by the names we know. The names we know are held across the board by every hedge fund, mutual fund, person under the sun. So it's a top heavy weighted index. And when all those stocks, meaning the Apples, the Googles, all those stocks are acting well, the Qs are going to be pulled up along with it. Not to say everything in there goes up every day, but you guys get the point. And girls, I'm not biased. I have two girls in my house, and by far, they are the rulers of the house. Any new information in the XLF today? Not so much. We have the makings of a bearish wedgish formation going on, but we know the story. This breakup candle low, as long as that holds, this is bullish. It's just going sideways, doing what? Yes, eating time off the clock. That's exactly what's happening at present with the XLF. Move it along. How about good old Smash Mouth? Why wasn't the SMH leading today? It's a pretty good indicator of strength in the tech sector, only it was kind of a blah today. So while it's bullish, that's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's not a big puzzle piece right now, but it is a small one and on the table. Let's cover gold. Look what happened with gold. It was screaming higher on the news with the bombing from Iran into Iraq. And then we had a reversal. That's a reversal on volume of 786,000 contracts, according to my chart. Now, keep in mind, this is the continuous contract. The front month will actually have a different number. Who knows? It was on volume. Just to prove the point, here's the GLD chart, and you can see the volume of over 22 million shares against an average daily volume of just under 7 million shares in GLD. This is a reversal. Is it a long-standing reversal? No. Gold is in a long-term breakout, but that doesn't mean it's going to go up every day, every week, every month. It's going to go sideways for a while. It's going to go down for a while. It's going to go up for a while. That's what's been happening. That's what's going to continue to happen. So don't chase gold here. Wait for it to pull back. I'm going to have another spot where I'm interested to get in gold. Don't worry about it right now. It's not there. I had a request to cover natural gas. I don't love natural gas. I don't like to trade natural gas. In fact, I hate to trade natural gas. Why? I've never made any money trading natural gas. Now, to be fair, I've only traded it a few times, but it's known as the Widowmaker. And by the way, it's been years and years and years. But it's the Widowmaker because it's been known to make widows out of traders who jump out windows after trading natural gas. I'm not making this up. 
Go talk to anybody in Chicago. They'll tell you natural gas is the widow maker. What's going on with natural gas other than the fact that's in an extreme downtrend? Has it bottomed? Could it have bottomed? Will it have a nice rally from here? Let's see what we've got. On one hand, we have a bottom. We can trade against the bottom. The bottom I'm referring to is right here, a low of 2083. Two spot 083 is the low. Daily closes below that, all bets are off. However, on the upside, you need to get above the breakdown candle high. What's that number? Two spot 188. Does that mean you're out of the woods? Absolutely not. What's really the out of the woods number? Now, I realize where the 20 period moving average is right now, but to me, the out of the woods number is two and a quarter. I don't know where the 20 period moving average will be at two and a quarter if in fact NG gets to two and a quarter, but if it closes daily above two and a quarter, that's where I think a match could get lit for higher prices. Net net against the low can be long, match lit above two and a quarter. That's my take. And by the way, I realize there's a lot of space between current price and two and a quarter. I'm just giving you my scenario. I'm giving you my schematic. How about crude oil? What's the support on crude oil? We had a nice collapse today in crude oil. Similar reversal from gold. In short, where is the near-term support in crude oil? 59, 58 and a quarter. Very susceptible to the geopolitical news. Oil, Middle East, Iran, Straits of Hormuz. We know the story. Same thing with gold. Fear trade. When fear gets sucked out of the market, gold goes down. When people feel like they want to put on a safety trade, they run to gold. But that's not really what happens. What actually happens is people buy gold because they think other people are buying gold for that reason. They're actually just following them in. If you truly wanted a safety trade, if you were truly trying to protect your money, you would not be buying paper vehicles of any sort. So it's got some truth to it on one hand, but it's a fallacy on the other hand. What Israel is, the emotional end of it, people buy because they think other people are buying, pushing the price up, which is true. Price is the absolute arbiter, but they're not really buying it for safety. They think they are, but that's not really what's happening. You buy a gold bar, you're buying it for safety. And with that, a pretty good place to pull the ripcord before I do. I will tell you I appreciate each and every one of you. I want to thank you for tuning in each and every day. Without you, these videos are certainly not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.